podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome once again to the Matchday edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined by Matt, Andy and James to discuss the first Yorkshire Derby of the season away to Barnsley, or as they're otherwise known, the artist formerly known as the Leeds Under-23s team. But before we get into that, we want to have a little bit of a chat about the international break. How did you guys spend yours? Not watching much international football. Yeah, I didn't watch any. I saw a bit. I just spent most of the time wishing Leeds were playing. I tried to watch uh, England-Bulgaria, but ended up out-out and couldn't say what happened. Saw that one where it was like 5-3 against Kosovo. 5-3, yeah. 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 Game with 5-3. It was terrible defending, a lot of bad defending. I think they were missing uh, a Leeds United centre-back, possibly a central defensive midfielder as well. Would have oh. tightened things up. I'll go with that. Speaking of Leeds United centre-backs, one made his debut for Scotland. Yeah, he did. Got turned over twice. Was that his debut? Yeah, he's been in the squad before, I believe, but that was his first cap against Russia. Lost 2-1. But anyone see how he played? I actually did watch a bit of that, bit of that game. Was he all right? It made me think at how different you have to adapt to systems for international games and how little time you have to adjust to it because the way Scotland play is very different to how Bielsa sets his teams up. I reckon Bielsa would go and manage them as well, part-time, if they asked him. They went World Cup. Yeah. Did wonders for Chile. Didn't Stewie Dallas have a blinder against Germany? I believe so. James, did you catch any of that one? I think you're asking your own question. Because you told me earlier he had a blinder. I didn't watch it. We're talking about an international break that none of us watched. Rubbish though, isn't it? International football. What are you doing in summer? <laughs> well, next <laughs> next summer we'll go to Euro 2020. <laughs> Football's coming home, but the lead up to it's no fun. As long as we're winning, it's fine, isn't it? See, I think... International breaks a damp squib. I think the one thing we can take from this is the three great contract signings. I'm personally delighted with all three of them. I think giving them all long-term deals is brilliant by the club. Of the obvious one, Calvin Phillips. Is it though, here's a contract so we can sell you for more if we don't go up? What is it? It's a safeguarding of everyone because if his contract runs out, we've lost a lot of money because he's just going to leave. And equally, we've got him for another season at least. Um, one thing I found though is that he he signed a five year deal. Cooper signed a five year deal. Dallas got four years. Is that, is that is that an age thing? Yeah, I think it's an age thing. I think Dallas and uh, Cooper are the same age. Same actual birthday. Both twenty eight. I wrote it down on the sheet of paper. If I had a time capsule and took you back to July last year, so only a year ago, just over a year ago and uh, went around to telling a few Leeds fans that in just over a year's time we're going to be offering Calvin Phillips, Liam Cooper and Stuart Dallas four or five years contracts. What do you think they would have said? For some reason, those three players have been a bit scapegoaty, uh, especially Cooper and Phillips. I don't know why. Because um, they've both just improved year on year and now they're turning out to look like they're potentially class players who are the best in their position in the league. The other thing as well is that they um, absolutely love the club, don't they? They're not just yeah. players who've just signed for the sake of signing for Leeds, but they love playing for Leeds United. You can tell. Is there any note of caution on this? You know, it, it has been done before recently. We started handing out five-year contracts. You know, Kane got a long-term contract and then it all went... But he was, at that point, he was unproven. 
they've proved that they deserve those those terms. Yeah, and I think that their value is high because they're in a team coached by Marcelo Bielsa and they look good. So even if their improvement is only because of Bielsa, they, they're going to attract a high market price. That's quite a negative way of looking at it, but I think that's true. Right, so on to the game then. Um, James, what's the fixture? It's Barnsley versus Leeds United. It's a 12.30 kickoff at Oakwell on a... Sunday afternoon, we have played Barnsley 62 times. We've won 25, drawn 17 and lost 20. Uh, we did the double over them actually in the previous season. They were in the championship. And if we win tomorrow, it'll be the first time we've won two in a row at Oakwell. So nothing could go wrong there. And the fixtures date back to 1921. So that's a pretty disgusting statistic, really. I have had many, many miserable days at Oakwell. I'm going to say it always seems like a bogey fixture. It's been okay very recently as in once as in the last time twice there was another we, win we won two in a row Ross McCormack did he get an equaliser or was it a 1-0 victory against them a few years ago I can't remember I was at a wedding yeah, it was a 1-0 win yeah. we lost 3-2 the time before when we got lucky to do that because we got a penalty that was outside the box yeah the the, the three that stand out to me are the, I think it was 4-1 on New Year's Eve Becchio scored a consolation didn't he and Paul Connolly put in one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a player. It, we, we, were, we were absolutely abysmal. Then there was the 5-2 where Bassoni put in one of the worst performances you've ever seen. Yeah, so not a game for full-backs. And then there was one that Paul and I went to, which was 3-2 back in 2006. But I might be wrong. Last time I went to Barnsley away, there was all sorts of rioting. That wasn't very good, was it? Well, that's why it's at 12.30 on a Sunday, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was an evening kickoff. It was absolutely bonkers. It should have never have been at that time. And do you remember Ryan Kent was playing on the wing for, for them? Yes. And he absolutely tore into us as well. Was that 2 all that game? No, we lost. Uh, can't remember the score, to be honest. Leaves that. What's everyone's plans for the game? Matt, you're heading there? Yeah, I'm going to the ground. I'm going to avoid the riots. Safe. I'm watching on the telly. Is it on Sky? It's on the red button, I believe. Yeah. You can also buy it direct from Leeds as well, I think. You can for this. And that seems to be the first time that that's the case, that you can pay for the video, even if you're in the UK. My money's going direct to the club. I'm not getting Sky. I'm just going to hit the red button. Yeah, I have uh, sadly can't make the game, but also 40 quid a ticket. It's a bit steep for a man like me. No, a few clubs have done this. It's because we charge the away fans so much that they put in an extra category on their ticket prices and charge... Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday. Everybody else gets a cheaper deal. Team news. Tyler Roberts, he's back in, isn't he? That's what Mr. Bielsa says. Well, back for selection, whether we'll be back in. We'll see. It'd be he, worth a bench for me. He didn't give the team in the press conference, did he? He didn't. And that's the interesting thing. We lost last time, which isn't that interesting. But you don't change a winning team. Do you change a losing team? Two defeats on the bounce. So I think we've got to... Want a defeat. And he changed that team. Yeah, so maybe he'll change it again. From that draw. Who, who are you bringing in? The fans want Costa and Nketiah. I'd still play Bamford. And I'm a big fan of Eddie, but Bamford's been scoring for me. I'd, I'd love to see Costa and Hernandez start. I don't know who I'm dropping to make sure that happens because I think Jack Harrison's been brilliant. Would you have um, Nketiah start with Bamford? No. Why? I think Eddie's looked frightening coming off the bench. And I think... If Bamford came off the bench, he'd equally look like a different option. I think we just need options. 
I think Bamford's going to be very unlucky to get dropped. And I don't think Bielsa will drop him. I think the people who are vulnerable in the team are, believe it or not, Pablo Hernandez. I think that he's looked a little bit off the pace in recent weeks. And he might get used more sparingly now that we've got um, more choices in his position in particular. And I think Click, and again, I think it's probably unfair, but I think he could possibly lose his place. To whom? Costa. I'll go with that. I think the thing is, is they've we've relied on Pablo for far too long. Anyway, the players that are are there waiting in the wings are Costa, uh, are the sort of person that are going to come in and, or challenge his place, and that's what we've needed for a long time. It's mad that we're even discussing dropping Pablo. No, it's sickening, really, isn't it? And I don't think we will. I hope we don't. I hope we persevere because he's when he has a bad game, it's still a better game than most players in the championship, and he's shown so far this season that he's still dominating the league. With, or the chances created and the, the successful passing goal. I think we're just spoiled and getting greedy. I think Click does more than we realise as well. That's why it's actually a, a, a tough a, a tough um a tough call this because I think I think Click creates a lot of our chances and he works ridiculously hard. Um so yeah, we have got a bit of a selection problem because it's so bloody hard. Because you can easily see the players who you want to put in the team, but it's impossible to choose who you want to take out of the team. I think most Leeds fans would probably pick on Harrison. Again, massively unfair, isn't it? Yeah, massively. Again, it's for me, it's when Ailing gets fit, how's he going to take Stu Dallas's place? And uh, he's got a problem at left-back as well, because I wouldn't be surprised if Doug, he's not thinking about putting Douglas back in instead of Alioski. Yeah. Who I played last time? Alioski. Douglas mm. is more of a, a Bielsa-type player, isn't he? Build-up play. Whereas Alioski is really direct, but they've both got the merits and it works either way. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm glad I'm not a football manager. I think the problem for Bielsa is if he doesn't change the team, now that we've lost two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> One was a draw. If he doesn't change the team now we've lost two in a row, then the players who are on the bench or haven't been in the squad, they're going to they're start asking questions about, well, what's going to have to happen before I actually get a chance? But do you think the squad's like that? Because for once, it seems like we've got a very harmonious, tight-knit squad. Now, I know they're all professionals and do want to play. However, it does seem like now we've got rid of the bad eggs and we've just got a solid unit. It's the loan players I worry about because we, we swapped a lot of permanent players for loan players in the summer. And um, and Ketia, you could imagine him, if he's not getting the chances come January, him and Arsenal will be thinking about the day go to a different club or bring him back to Arsenal. I think Jack Clark, I'd be I'd be less bothered, but I think he's got to be thinking about his uh, his second half of the season if he doesn't start getting on the bench. That's kind of why I asked the question about um, getting in Ketia and, and Bamford in the same team because I think in the last podcast, Andy, you mentioned that um, Bamford's hold-up play and his build-up play has been exceptional. And because Nketiah is absolutely rapid, I think that they would work particularly well together. And I also read an interview with uh, Karanka and Karanka was saying that Bamford would play slightly out on the right and he'd cut in a lot and, and he scored 20 plus goals that season because he was able to go slightly out wide, cut in on his left and score goals. So that's where that partnership could work really well um, and it is an option. Do you think that there's a possibility of a change in formation? Because he's still been sticking really with the 4-1-4-1 um, but pre-season he definitely brought in his famous 3313 will that help us probably not i think the thing is is it it, it molds all the time though doesn't it it molds to who you want to bring on and how a team's playing because even times where it's 
dropped to like a three five two, and we've had that the game where Bamford and Ketty were playing. It was three five two at times, so that they could both pair up together. So I don't know. It's one of them. It feels odd to be discussing it because if we win today, we're back top of the league. Yes. Equally, whilst we lost last time, I don't think anyone was saying it was a terrible performance. No, that is true. But if you're a play, if you're a player, do you take that on board, or do you just say? We lost, therefore I should have a chance. You can see both sides of that because the players who've played will probably want to say, I need to prove myself on the back of that. And then the players on the bench that didn't play are saying, they didn't achieve it last time. It's my turn. And that's where Bamford is vulnerable because the reason we didn't beat Swansea is because we weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Because if, if, we if we were a team that were conceding four goals, you'd expect changes at the back, wouldn't you? And it's the same that way around. Yeah. But what's really odd is every game we go into, like I think we're going to score a lot of goals. Yeah. Which, again, is very confusing because we aren't, but we're creating so much. Is Bamford's away form much better than his home form for a reason, or is it a coincidence? I think we've talked previously, I think James said that it's because we're not getting um, teams like coming out and having a go at us at home at Elland Road. Um, whereas there's more space and more chances away from home. But I do think there's a little bit of um, psychology in it as well. I think he feels under pressure to perform at Elland Road and you can feel the nervousness and the criticism from the fans, which we all know is there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's not weighing on his mind. Last few times you've talked about our home record, Matthew. You've made out Leeds and Elland Road is cursed. Well, I'm, I'm delighted that we're away <laughs> for this game, I'll tell you that. We're 100% record away from home, I think, this season, aren't we? Yep. And you mentioned uh, you think that we'll score loads of goals. How do you think we'll fare against uh, Barnsley? If we fulfil potential, I think we'll win 4-0. They're vulnerable, aren't they, Barnsley? I think they've they've done all right, to be fair, but they are, um, they're a bit gung-ho. I just think if we take our chances against a team like Barnsley, we'll yeah. pepper them. But it, it all depends on, again, who's got the shooting boots on, I think. Anything can happen in football though, can't it? Our old friends Norwich have beaten uh, the champions Manchester City this weekend. Yeah. And Manchester City had, I think, 70-odd percent possession. Yeah. Leads that. Very leads. A very leads-like performance. I wonder if you, you go on their form, forums and they're saying that they need to overhaul that team. Yeah, what are they saying on the uh, Barnsley forums? Anyone had a look? Paul, you usually have a look. I don't know why I'm saying anyone. Yeah, so... Um, I think nobody's too excited about the game today. They're saying that the the, the crowds might not be there. Um, but equally, they see it as that kind of game where if they win, it could bring it all back. I know they recently promoted. One guy on the uh, Barnsley Mad Forum said that last year's achievements were overhyped given our strong, settled squad for that level and the poor opposition most weeks. The sale of the key players that were replaced by kids was just for future profit potential rather than championship consolidation. Uh, stronger opposition with better quality slash more experienced players than us week after week this season will lead to a season of struggle. I kind of see where he's, whoever this bloke is is going with this because if you look at the players they've signed from us, uh, Clark Odor came on tour, but didn't really. Yeah, he's never been anywhere in that team. Apo Halm was a sub a couple of times last year and made a couple of starts, but realistically, he's nowhere near our first team. He's nowhere near theirs anymore either. So, 
you look at them and going, fragile. Why have they signed the players they have? Is it dangerous? Sounds it. I was laughing, Paul, when you sent us some of the examples of things that you'd seen on the Barnsley forum because I'm, I've got family in Barnsley, so I'm quite well uh, versed in the accent, but I hadn't realised that they will write and type on the internet in the accent as well. Yeah, they all did do... I, I didn't know whether it was um, a bit of a Mickey take that they did that. But they, they were all doing it. I know they were all so doing it, except for the guy who I just quoted. Just Which is why I quoted him. You only picked out the one you could understand. I could understand them all, but it just took a bit. <laughs> just took a bit of a while. It's all about and thee and thou and all that. This end. What's worth a punt today? Uh, Barnsley six to one, draw seven to two, and we're evens, I believe. Printing money. I'm just. I'm just looking through the notes, and I've just seen who the referee is for tomorrow, Paul. Keith. Yeah. Keith. 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 Keith Stroud. The only good thing about that is that I didn't have to look up his record again because he's already reffed us this season. And that was a walk in the park. Salford. That's the one. But the time before that. Did he? What was the was time a, before that? A horrendous walk in Griffin Park. Oh, that was that, was it? That was that. The blatant Bamford penalty. Yeah, I mean, you can almost say that Keith Stroud cost us automatic promotion. I was going to say that was the last time we lost away, but it's not true. Oh, yeah, we went to Ipswich. <laughs> Can't believe we lost at Ipswich. No. no. I'm over it, though. So, are we doing predictions again? Because you did one prediction in the middle. Yeah, sorry, I jumped into predictions early. You said 4-0, Andy. Barnsley are going to put up a good fight, I think. Whenever we go there, it's always difficult. Um, but we're going to score. And if we if we manage to get one, I think we'll get a few. I'm going to say... 3-0. I think 3-1. Um, I'm still a little apprehensive about our leaky back line. Like, leak scrappy goals at set pieces. I don't know what to do. Calvin said that that's the area he wants to improve on. We haven't leaked a lot of goals though, have we? We've been They're all scrappy. Well. Scrappy, horrible things. The scrappy ones are all right. They're forgivable. The ones where we're not playing at all and we're being poor then I'd be worried but there's been too many scrappy goals three three too many Matt what has that said in the paper I've gone for three now same as James I've had to weigh up the fact we're going to Oakwell which makes me think that we're never going to win um, with the fact that we've been brilliant away from home so far this season and I think the the second thing comes out also the other games in the championship we're playing we last this weekend or one of the last teams to play in the championship this weekend all of the other results have been fairly favorable and if we win we go top of the league that puts us back uh, on track i think after the the last two games james i think everybody wants to know are you nervous um no i'm not nervous at all nope what's your word then I'm I'm excited. I'm just glad Leeds are back. I'm it's been I've missed it. So yeah, I'm excited. Matt. Yeah, again, James has just used my word. <laughs> back. Back after the international break. Back to the top of the league. Back on track. Also, it was Backer's birthday this week, so that kind of fits in. Was it? it Eric? Yeah. Eric back. <laughs> <laughs> Always got booked, didn't he? Yeah. Loves a tackle. Andy. Ready. 
ready for it, excited, and hope we do the business. Paul, what's yours? My my word is goals, because I think we're going to get back amongst them today, and I'm really up for it. So, speak again after the game then, lads. Enjoy the game. All the best. March on together. See you later. Love you. Leads that. Leads that. So it's quarter past eight in the evening. We're all back at home after a lovely uh, away victory at Barnsley post-international break. It's, been, it's felt a long time coming, but it feels good. How are we all? I thought it was a really good victory today. Really happy with that. So what I do find bizarre, I think they're the best team we've played so far. They did well, didn't they? They certainly created the most chances against us that any team has so far? I don't think they're the best team, team we've played so far, but they're the team that's performed best against us. That's exactly what I mean, yeah. We've played better teams on paper and these look like they're for the taking, but I think it's a step up to the plate thing, isn't it? Part of it is because they were they actually tried to come and beat us, they tried to play us, and I think that's probably because they had so many players in the team who... Uh, until recently were at Leeds so they felt like they had a lot to prove but there wasn't all that much rolling around on the floor wasting time um, dropping to the floor for free kicks it was actually quite a good game and they were um, they were up for it and, and trying to hurt us and they could have done if it wasn't for some good performances at the back and particularly Kiko in goal I think there wasn't that kind of time wasting but they did when, when the ball went out to become our possession again, they slowed it right down. Whereas they wanted to have a quick pace when they were moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that they didn't do any time wasting, but the, the game seemed to flow a lot better than a lot, of, uh, a lot of matches we've seen this season. Before the game, Ben Parker and Bryn Law on LUTV were actually talking about um, Barnsley and the way they play. And I don't think it was just a stepping up against Leeds United. By all accounts, I mean, I've not watched Barnsley this season, but it sounds like they are taking the game to people and they are pressing quite hard, which is what they did today. So fair play for sticking to their game plan, to be honest, and trying to play football. What were they saying on Sky about the uh, the game today, Paul? Were they annoying as usual? The biggest thing that he said that was annoying was he, he started talking about how good Shackleton was and that he'd had to step in at the last minute. And then the ball came to him. And he went, for sure. I disagree. The worst bit was when he called uh, Dallas Stuart Douglas. They were in quick, quick succession. There was one guy and he didn't seem like he'd watched a game of football before. So did anyone predict 2-0? I don't think anybody did. But it, was, it could easily have been 3-0. And a couple of us definitely predicted 3-0. We've, we seem to have um, fallen into a bit of a pattern where we get to 80 minutes and it's nil-nil and then um, the next 10 minutes is just a lottery of who's going to score. How were the crowd today, Matt? Tasty. Did it it show, sounded well. Did they show any uh, any of the, the boxing on Sky? No, what was that all about? I saw uh, Graham Smith talk about it. There were a couple of incidents. There was a steward one of Barnsley's stewards, so they were all lined up in front of the away end in their 
sky blue vests and um, in, mixed in with them were a few of the stewards from Leeds United and when we scored the first goal one of these stewards who'd clearly been either getting a bit of stick from the Leeds fans or had been given a bit of stick back or a bit of both dived into the away end and um, basically tackled a guy to the floor for a seemingly no reason and obviously that upset the Leeds fans a little bit so that all kicked off uh, and there's a there's a guy who's part of the Leeds United stewards who you might have seen at away games is the guy who's always gives you a thumbs up as you walk past and uh, he told this fella just, just he told this fella just calm down calm down um, told their steward I, to calm down or, or our fan no he told the steward to calm down All right. and then I looked away for a moment and next thing I know there's a gang of probably 30 Leeds fans at the front of the stand just chasing this steward out of the ground uh, and in, in the end the, their stewards, the Barnsley stewards had to guide him to safety because uh, otherwise he was going to get he was going to get mobbed. That was one incident. And then after that, about five minutes later, clearly some Leeds fans in the Barnsley end had revealed themselves to be Leeds fans. And I looked over and you could just see blood. This guy with, uh, I think he had a bald head and a massive big gash down the middle of it. And it was um, probably some of the worst in-stadium violence I've ever seen. Um, so there you go, 2019. Do you remember the Blackpool away game a couple of years ago, Matt? Yeah. There were some pretty bloody people there, weren't there? It was similar to that, although nobody uh, nobody fell thirty feet down the stairs this time. But yeah, it was still it was still um, not what you want to see. It is uh, one of those things that seems like easily solvable as well. It's like one stewards don't be idiots and manage it effectively. Two monitor who's buying tickets, sort it out somehow. Or if Barnsley actually sold all their tickets, then Leeds fans wouldn't try and buy them by the. Re- the- by the remainder well actually I think the bigger problem is that they didn't give us the whole away end so they're trying to manage it by giving us a reduced allocation and kicking off at 12.30 on a Sunday um, but actually that creates its own problems because people who didn't get a ticket have gone in the home ends so actually they'd have been better off giving us the whole stand like they have in previous years I think so Mr Bielsa afterwards said that it was a pretty entertaining game he seemed happy with the result uh, why not it was two teams going at it I think Matt summed up earlier pretty well when he said that Kiko's had the best game he's had in in a Leeds United shirt. I think I'm just glad that we won the lottery the last 10 minutes that Matt was talking about earlier. We need to avoid that though because we can't have that every game. And how beautiful was the uh, Pat Bamford offside goal? The build-up play, everything was majestic apart from, was it Costa offside? Yeah, Costa was offside and uh, I think, well, certainly around me, Alioski was getting the blame for that, for not releasing the ball to Costa a bit earlier because um, Costa was in a good position as proven by the fact that it resulted in a goal. The post-match reaction on Radio Leeds was all the same sort of stuff again. Why are we starting Bamford? Why are we starting Harrison? We need to start Costa and, uh, and Ketia. But really that offside goal proves that, you know, Bamford... If you know if he gets the service, then he's going to score the goals. So does it give argument that um, Costa should be in because <laughs> he's the one delivering it to Bamford's toe at the end? Yeah, quite possibly. Phillips' set piece was wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, he put it in exactly the right place. It was. Um, I know we've been talking about Enketia, and it was one of those games in the first half where it felt very much like it would be perfect for Eddie because 
they were playing so high up and putting us under a lot of pressure that it was just creating so much room at the back. It was just crying out for that pace. But then it was also crying out for Costa to be in as well. So, I mean, it, it's good that it's ended in a win. But if, if we hadn't have scored, it could have been... Uh, everyone would have been crying even harder on uh, Radio Leeds, I think. That one-on-one that uh, Bamford had in the first couple of minutes, I thought Eddie might have scored that. But I don't want to be that guy. What do we make to uh, Shackleton's performance? He put in. Uh, we didn't expect him to start in the pre-match. We didn't talk about the potential for him to start ahead of Forshaw. Uh, I haven't actually heard. I presume Forshaw's injured. Is that right? Hip injury, apparently. Yeah. But I thought Shackleton had a good game. Really, he's um, he's he's brilliant, isn't he? He's his work rate's phenomenal. But I also read that um, he got more take-ons than any other player on the pitch as well. And I think that's the difference. He just sort of advances up the pitch quite rapidly and uh, puts us in dangerous positions. And he's yeah, he's a, he's a he's a little class actor, is Jamie Shack. We were playing the Tykes, and it was a dogged performance by Jamie Shack. I thought he was just a terrier, just getting in everywhere just nipping and nipping and nipping and it was a brilliant bit of play I think it was between him and Mowat where they were just scrapping and fighting for the ball it was just refreshing to see especially as a ref let it go I think he should have scored a goal Jamie Shack. he it dropped to him in the penalty area it looked like a lovely opportunity and he tried to beat the man who he didn't need to really beat there were a couple of moments like that where it was just final bits of decision making Pablo Pablo over the bar in the first half was another great example of where he should be uh, hitting the target. You don't expect that for Pablo. Who's everyone's man of the match today? I'm going Stuart Dallas. I thought he looked a threat going forward. We looked great on the right all game. And he also defended well because there was a lot of pace coming at him. And then his celebration when Eddie finally scored, that, that ticked it for me. It showed the man's passion. And I thought it was excellent. I agree. I'd already decided I was going to go Stuart Dallas. I saw a poll on Twitter and Stuart Dallas was uh, way down on it. I was really surprised. James? I'm going Kiko Casilla for Man of the Match today. I thought there was there was so many good um, players in our team, but Kiko is ace. When you think of the pressure he's under at the start of the season to, to perform well, and he is kind of making a big difference for us. And I saw that he'd got more completed passes than any other player on their, their team, which for a goalkeeper is pretty amazing, really. Matt, you were there. Tell us who the actual man of the match should be. Well, I think they're all good choices. Stuart Dallas was very, very good. thought um, Kiko Casilla was excellent, as we've said before. thought Calvin Phillips and Ben White, our future England internationals, both had typically good games it was one of those where I didn't think anybody on our side had a bad game but then equally I didn't think anybody on our side was totally faultless but I've given my man of the match to Matthias Click because he was absolutely everywhere today it was a bit of an unsung hero's performance but from to go from punching the top of the dugout in our last game when he got hauled off to putting in a performance like that I thought was really impressive and obviously he got himself on the score sheet with the penalty as well so I've decided to uh, call him out. I think that was really impressive captaincy from Cooper because it took a bit of courage to go over to Pablo, take the ball off him and give it to Matt, who then so calmly slotted it. Okay then, so what's our final word to summarise our feelings after the game? Top. Top, top, top of the league. Feeling top about the result. Feeling top of the world and we are top of the league. Easy, top. Did I say top? Once or twice. Matt? 
Uh, I'm sticking with the same word that I had pre, pre-match, back, back after the international break, back to the top of the league, back on track after two defeats. One defeat. <laughs> and a wonderful recovery of a draw. James, what's your word? Derby. We need to move on. Uh, we we did. We definitely deserve to win that today, and I'm glad we did. Um, but yeah, let's concentrate on the next one. We got to beat Derby at home. My word's tight, because it was a tight victory, really. And then when you look at the table, the top eight or nine teams are only separated by the three points. And I know we're early, early and it's we're in the best position, but it is tight. All right, well, the main thing is that we got a win at Oakwell today. That brings an end to our match day podcast for this week. We'll be back in a week's time for Derby County at home. Hopefully that won't bring back too many flashbacks from uh, the end of last season um, and we can put right some wrongs in that game. We've got um, lots of content for you to listen to. Go back and listen to some previous episodes. We've got an interview with Ellen Smith from Shadowlark, um, which was the episode previous to this one. If you've not heard that, check that one out. You can enter our prize draw at www.leadsthat.com. And that's all from us from now. We'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.